Welcome to Art of Retreat 2019, the parkour leadership and education retreat. We're in the Cascade Mountains outside of Seattle, Washington. I'm Craig Constantine from Movers Mindset, and I'm here with Weston Edwards. Thanks, Craig. It's great to be here. Weston Edwards is a mover and blogger based in San Francisco. He has years of movement experience in dance, meditation, bodybuilding, tai chi, and chronic pain research. Diagnosed with fibromyalgia in his 20s, he has spent years working with doctors, therapists, and movement experts to learn how to live better and manage his pain, as well as share that information with others. Welcome, Weston. Thanks. It's great to be here. Weston, your session was titled Chronic Joint Pain and Unresolved Injuries. And the first place to start would be to give me some um, highlights or an overview of what you went over in the session, uh, maybe like how it was actually delivered, lecture versus physical outdoor movement, so that people who missed it can get a feel for what it was. Yeah. So the session we gave was um, kind of a mixture of uh, my own personal storytelling kind of mixed in with uh, research and anecdotes. And it was kind of in a conversation type format where I really uh, encourage people who are listening to to chime in more than just asking a question, but kind of asking a question along with some experience that they may have. And part of the reason for that is that chronic pain is a very uh, triggering topic. No matter what position or take that you have, someone is almost guaranteed to have an experience that seems to counteract it. And I think uh, rather than trying to, to argue who's correct, it's more of actually both experiences were definitely true. And how can we come up with a, a, a way to make it so they're not actually in contradiction? Okay. And did you bring up specific topics to, to begin those discussions? Or do you like start very soft, like a, like a the very generic type of opener? Or how do you walk through leading them into understanding that? Yeah. So the first thing I like to do is kind of uh, begin with uh, a setup of just understanding that it's a really complicated topic and it's it's not a topic that is quote unquote figured out. I don't have the answer. I don't think other people have the answer and the medical industry as a whole clearly does not have the answer. And one of the things that I've been trying to do with these Spark interviews is to basically break the fourth wall to try yeah. and challenge people who are listening to take an action or strike up a new conversation. And I'm wondering if there's something that you can ask people or challenge them, or if there's a way you can get them motivated to pursue this topic. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I think the the biggest thing is is less so a direct um, action as as much as something to keep in their back pocket because the chronic pain journey, if that's something that they're going through, is is almost never one that's resolved quickly. And so, rather than having a, a one stop thing that I would really recommend, I think there's a few things to keep in your back pocket that will just make the journey just go a lot smoother. And I think the biggest one of those is this idea that you can have a poor explanation and a very helpful practice, and you can also have a really good explanation and a poor practice. So you, that means you can have an explanation that's very logically coherent. It seems like some science matches up, but just doesn't actually provide anything for you. And then you can look on the other thing where it seems like there's no science to back it up whatsoever, but you somehow managed to get a yeah. lot out of the practice for you as an individual. Obviously, the topic of chronic pain is personally important to you, and I'm wondering, have you presented this kind of information elsewhere before bringing it here? Yeah, I have, but it's almost always been in, uh, let's say, six people or less type setting. So this is really an introduction for me of speaking to a larger group and seeing, you know, just what is that dynamic? Because the the problem is is it's really easy to go to a presentation where I throw a bunch of things up on the wall and yeah. either they're not relevant to you or it's not clear how to take these really large principles that are likely applicable to you, but but really have not been drilled down into a specific into your life. Mm -hmm. So I really like the conversational type format because that allows me to take a large principle 
and just see like, where are you right now and what makes sense in your life? Was there anything about um, bringing this material here to Art of Retreat uh, that surprised you? So things where you had a vision for how this was going to go and then maybe that turned out different? Not really. And I think most of that is because I, my general presenting format is very free flow and I like the improvisation and I like kind of the aspect of, of what is here right now in this moment. And that doesn't mean that I don't prepare, but preparing is more of like refreshing what may come up and what might be relevant as opposed to something that I'm trying to really get across specifically. I don't personally have, at least I wouldn't consider any of my pains chronic. So yeah. I, don't have, I don't face that type of challenge. That's not something that I have dealt with. Um, but I, I know people who deal with things like migraine headaches and I see how it can be like a really um, serious challenge for them. And I'm just wondering if you could take me through a little bit of maybe how you were, um, I don't want to say debilitated, but like when you first were challenged with this, it seems like you would have had a, a transition somewhere from being, this is something that I have to like really deal with and fight to being something that you, you don't have it under control, I would guess, in the sense of like, I've mastered this and it's not a problem anymore. But how do you make that, how did you make that transition from having to deal with it to maybe like, what was the key understanding or how did you move through that? Yeah, I mean, I, I do think I want to set my own personal context in that I'm actually not in chronic pain anymore. Uh, it has basically been fully resolved as far as my body's concerned, and I feel great. In fact, I am in better physical condition than I really ever have been. That being said, I think there's kind of some stages of the chronic pain journey that I don't really hear talked about. And, and the first is kind of this one that you said where there's like something kind of wrong, and, and then it becomes clear that this is, this is somehow a major issue. Like it's starting to take up more and more space in your life, and it's not something that can be ignored. And, and I think part of that comes with a lot of emotional challenges, and I think those are the ones that are least often talked about. I mean, you'll hear a lot of people debating whether issues are psychological or physical, right. and it really doesn't matter their origin <laughs> in the sense of it's extremely, it's extremely debilitating. But I think actually something that is less often talked about is how as an individual, if I'm in pain all the time, it, you know, most people are not going to feel comfortable going through school or work or whatever, right. crying your or asking for shrinks. help or really, well, the problem is like the world shrinks because you're closing down your own world. Your world is actually too loud for the world around you, mm. or that's what it feels like. Because, you know, it's like if, if I break a leg and I get a cast and all my friends sign it and, you know, I'm going through a hard time, like there's support there, right? But if this, this has been going on for years and I like have to put food on the table or something like that, actually most of how I really feel is not being expressed. And in, mm -hmm. in fact, it's also not being heard by others. And I think that sense of almost estrangement or, or isolation is one of the most damaging things that's just never heard about. And are there either maybe strategies that you remember that worked for you, or is there a consensus on strategies about how, um, let's put this from like the outside point of view. So if I know someone who is suffering from this, are there things that I can do? Like, cause Oh, I'm sorry that you're in pain. Really, it doesn't do much. Like, are there ways that people can reach out to help people who are suffering from these types of pains? Absolutely, I think there is, and I think the the biggest thing that can be done is kind of holding unconditional space for them to just be and express what they're going through. And I think an important part of that is not trying to fix the other person. Right? Anyone who's going through chronic pain has already seen just a horde of medical professionals. They've thought about it a lot. Everyone is already giving them advice. They don't need advice. They need like a loving shoulder and a hug and someone to just sit down with them for, you know, 10 minutes to an hour and be like, yo, I'm just here to receive whatever it is you're going through. Hmm. 
What was it about, um, maybe it was about Art of Retreat or maybe about someone that you talked to who had been here, but what was it that made you want to bring this topic here to present to these people who are um, stereotypically movers and you know creative people and leaders of communities? What made you want to bring this to, to those people? Yeah, well, I think part of it is that in some ways, people who are already movers are a little bit more resistant to chronic injuries in general, even though they might get injured more frequently. Yeah, acute injuries, right? Yeah, they, they tend to have more um, more ability to recover. And part of that is just so much of it is baked into the culture of what's already going on because you don't actually have a culture if people get injured once and then they drop out like flies. <laughs> right. You know, on the other hand, sometimes there, there's there's a huge sense or potential like loss of identity. If, if you keep having knee pain or you keep having ankle pain or whatever, and parkour is the way that you get your community needs met outside of just simple exercise. And you're also getting like your sense of progression, personal maturation and transformation. Like, so in, in a sense, it's a, there's more resilience baked into the culture, but there's also a little bit of a sense of like more on the line or, you know, it's, it's harder to deal with. Right. Cause it, the culture involves a big big dollop of physicality as part of the culture. You, know, you can't right. you can't be like the Zen sofa parkour person. You have to actually be out there doing it. So what was the thing that you wanted to communicate to the people here at Art of Retreat? Yeah, well, I think it was actually a two-way street. There was the part of what I wanted to learn was one, these people have a lot of exposure to not only a lot of acute injuries, but they also have just exposure to a lot of people, right? Most of the people here are gym owners or coaches or something. And they, they just have like a, a wealth of exposure to demographics that I just never see. So that was part of it is just they're going to be triggered by things I said and, and they're going to have responses that I'm not going to know mm. I'm not going to know about. And so that's an opportunity for me to learn. And then for what I'm bringing to the table is kind of um, I'm a much more, let's say, um, scientific or, or not scientific, um, philosophical or heady oriented person. I, you know, my head's in the clouds all day. So in a sense, I like to bring some of, of that energy of like, here's a new paradigm or way of conceiving. And then a little bit what they're bringing to me is like, yeah, and here's like what's coming out on the front lines of mm. working with school kids, working with elderly populations, all these other things in a physical type thing. And, and it's this exchange of worlds that really excites me. And I, I just, the opportunity to speak and potentially help someone who's dealing with such a struggle is just always very meaningful to me. Is there anything that jumps out at you? So um, you have a very passionate um, and a very clear vision for what you're trying to accomplish. Um, is there anything that jumped out at you about the people in your session where you saw like an aha moment or something that was an aha moment on your side, like a particular takeaway? Yeah. I mean, one of the things I think that I'm I'm like still trying to learn, especially in these larger group um, type discussions where it, it, it fundamentally cannot be just a one-on-one -on -one or, you know, if there's three people I can have a direct conversation with and it's... Um, it is the idea that chronic pain is always a triggering topic. And the reason it's a triggering topic is not only is there this bundle of meaning and emotion to it, but almost everyone's had an instance of either this did not work for me and I would like to protect people from like wasting their time, right. or they have something that does work for them and they want to spread the gospel. And the problem is if you survey a bunch of people, almost all of these are in conflict with one another. Right. So a lot of what I'm learning is this sense of how can I how can I actually be with all of these experiences being true. And so rather than trying to contradict anyone's experience, it's really like, actually, you did have that experience. How, how can this be true? It is the case. How can it be the case? And then how can I present something so directly that, that may seem to like, you know, make someone's world go like, or, or have a feeling of- A real flash moment, right? Yeah. Or, and, and that could be, you know, a lot of what I'm actually hoping to happen is people having this sense of like being triggered, but also being like, but wait, he didn't actually say 
that, that I was wrong. Yeah, it's like a false trigger. <laughs> it's like a false trigger, right? And, Why and, am I and, triggered by that, right? Yeah, and that can be actually a positive or a negative trigger. Because a lot of times people just don't get heard in the chronic pain world. So having anyone validate their experience, you know, there's just like this big sigh of relief of like, thank God someone has been here before. And so it's this really just beautiful orchestra of people being like, oh my God, he's saying something that definitely can't be true. And then also like, oh my God, I'm so validated. Right. And a lot of it is how how can I speak in a way where everyone is actually validated and heard and also goes home with something meaningful and insightful. I had a conversation with someone uh, last year about chronic pain, and we were talking about his journey. And for him, and now it's one of those like, is this correlative or causative? Right. For him, his journey, it literally involved going back to the farm. Like he wound up at a farm just because there was a free room at the farmhouse, like Mm -hmm. an available, not free free as in money, free as in available room at a farmhouse. But then he kind of got roped into doing some of the gardening. And then like, and this is a fully functioning, you know, full circle farm. And for him, it like solved all of his problems. And I'm wondering what has been your experience with a physical activity as a way to work with pain? Like, does that, does that work for you? And I'm not asking you to like generalize it, but for you, was that the gateway that got you over the hump, do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think for, for me, that was, I'm, I'm a really big fan of movement. And that's part of why I'm here is that movement is a big part of what I'm, what I'm interested in and what I'm interested in teaching about. And I don't actually think for everyone movement is is like, the, like the thing, but part of it is like if movement is part of your life, then movement has to be part of the answer, um, especially because most people will have an association of movement with either increased risk of injury, increased fear of doing further damage, something like that. And a lot of what I'm interested in is how can we, it's almost like it's not quite exposure therapy, but it's very close. A lot of it is like if you have been abused in the past, then situations that are actually safe appear very harmful. And and I want to be quite clear that chronic pain is not something that is entirely like in people's heads, right? Actually, what I think is, and here's kind of the both and thing that I was pointing to earlier, is that it's it's always both. I've never right. had a physical incident that didn't affect my outlook on life or, or who I was or what was going on. And on the other hand, I've never had a period of like intense catharsis or depression or anxiety or anything that does seem like more psychological and also not really feel it in my body. Right. So rather than it being one or the other, it's always a both and, even though it may make more sense to address one side of the coin rather it than might the be other. easier to go after one side to try and cause the other side to follow along. Right. And, that, and I think it, to me, it seems obvious that there's a, I almost want to say a symbiotic relationship between your mind and your body. And that absolutely, if, if one of absolutely. them, if one of them is a, um, misinterpreting cues, um, it's, it's no wonder that you would have a problem that like your brain would interpret things a certain way. And then how do you adjust that? Well, acclimatization. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, I do want to get back to your question about, about something like going to a farm and movement and stuff like that. But, but first I want to give like just a brief example of how something that is very sure. clearly physical, like let's suppose you break your leg. The, the treatment for breaking your leg is not talk therapy. Right? <laughs> right. On the other hand, breaking your leg might be actually really hard and having talk therapy might really accelerate your ability to get back into the, the right. game. You know? And on the other hand, it's like, oh, you're going through a divorce. Then something like dance therapy may not be the direct answer, but it certainly might help. Right. right? So there are a lot of these things where even though the you know, the majority is on one side or the other, they can always be kind of helpful. And actually, I'd be very surprised if 
so, so you know so you're talking about this person who went to to live on a farm I, my first thought is oh that makes tremendous sense and also i'm really curious as to like what was it really for this person like what was going on with that well for his story um his story was that he was started um he went to school i forget his exact uh a scientific man mm. related to i think he was a physical trainer and he was doing parkour on the side after graduating and he was doing physical training like as a trainer and he began to have i don't know if it was back or lower back but he began to have you know thoracic or you know hip type pain right and it just became this thing that started to like sort of um shrink the size of you know what was going on but it wasn't like debilitating like i can't get out of bed if i'm remembering this whole story right. correctly and it was one of these things where that was just had become who he was. Like, oh, this is now, and maybe it's just getting old. I don't know, like, you know, late 20s, right. whatever. Right. And and when he went, when they began the farm journey, and like, this is, he's gone like all in. Like, I think, yeah, I don't know if it, anyway, he now owns part of the farm and like right. he runs the play, like he's all in on that. Right. And as he got there and started to work there, it became like this, hey, wait a second. Didn't I used to always be in pain? Like he, it wasn't like mm. he sought it out. It was like it went away. And his discussion of it, um, when we talked, his discussion of it was more, and it's a little tricky because I don't want to put words in his mouth, but his discussion of it was more like the movement was a therapy as in the sense of it helped his mind readjust to, no, for, like for example, it, this wasn't the case, but like there's nothing wrong with my knee. It works just fine. See, we just did X, Y, and Z. Yeah. Why are you interpreting this as pain? It's not like there's, like I went to the doctor, there's no cartilage missing. It's just this knee works fine. Stop classifying that as pain. Right. And that was his explanation was that it wasn't like physical therapy that fixed them. It was this mental realignment. And he also be he also believes that he's probably right. Yeah. Also, at the same time, I went from eating not like a full on fast food Western diet, but I went from eating like a normal post-college. I'm eating like a regular person with short right. time to now all the food comes from over here in the yard. Like right. it like also went to a really whole foods good diet, which probably has like there's effects. I'm sure you know, but there's affects about your omega-3 versus omega-6 balance. And I, I could tell my personal story about like- Oh, I mean the rabbit hole is so deep there. <laughs> starting to eat sardines and like, you know, I, I think I read it's like, it takes years for you to replace the lipid balance in your cell walls. So if you want to like say, I'm going to start eating more omega-3s because it's good. Everybody reads that, eat salmon, eat walnuts. Um, that takes years. You have to like be on that for years. And for him, it was, I wasn't thinking about, I'm going to try and fix this. I'm going to try and fix my diet. He just like, found himself in this situation and then looked back and went, oh, how about that? So, right, all this uh, I don't makes, know, what, like a long diatribe, but... <laughs> you no, know, and, and a lot of it makes sense. And actually, there's a lot of really interesting things there. I mean, at the very beginning, you said something like the, the person wondering if they're just getting old. And a lot of what I think about is it's, it's not, is the person getting old? It's like, is this lifestyle, is this way of being getting old? Mm. Is what I'm doing day to day just getting old? Right. And, you know, in some ways, it's like we always pick a way of being because it, it seems to work out for us. And usually there's like some small things that are like, well, you know, I would prefer it not to be this way, but I'll perfectly accept it. But over time, it's like that, that can often be like chipping away. So like, as you're telling this story, I, I mean, I actually don't know what it was for this person, but I can imagine many reasonable situations. You know, on the one hand, if you're doing parkour and a lot of uh, personal training, most of those are relatively intense. So it, it could be there's an expectation built up like in the nervous system of every time I'm moving, it's this really intense taxing thing, right? And then you spend a few months gardening or on the farm. And I certainly don't want to say that's not taxing, but it's in a kind of way where it's much less explosive. <laughs> he also right? talked about like his idea of like gardening is like they would dig, you know, a swale is they dig a swale across a field, which is basically a topological feature to drain water, but right. with shovels, they dig a swale across the field with shovels. He's like, so 
we did some pretty physical labor or like we're growing shiitake mushrooms. So I would go around with a hammer and check 600 eight foot long shiitake logs and squash all the snails with a hammer. You know, right. he's like, I got really good at like using absolute minimum amount of force to hit a snail because right. I got to hit 9,000 more of them. And he, uh, that like, it was just like this really interesting movement journey from them. I'm off on a tangent, but anyway. No, and it's, it's absolutely true. And, but, and at the same time, I think like that could be a piece and the diet thing could be a piece. Yeah. Actually at the talk today, someone was mentioning that, you know, they had a, a large transformation in how, how they, uh, like how much pain they were in based on their diet. And I actually think that's quite common. I, I'm, I'm all in on diet because I, I mean, human beings are a spaceship for the things in our gut. I mean, it's just like they figured out how to get us to move around and let them procreate and move from each other to each other. Well, and I think there's a large part of this that also is like inside and outside, like just being here at, at the, you know, Wenatchee YMCA, it's like we're surrounded by the most pristine nature you can possibly imagine. I feel healed just waking up. Like I look outside the window and I'm like, well, I feel better already. Yeah. I don't want to go home right now. You know? And so there's like, not only is there all the things that are in, in the soil, but there's also the air quality. And there's something about just the the essence of like, it is extremely unthreatening. It's yes. so peaceful. There's so there's so many like threads that I can pull and tie together. One of them is another guest that I talked to was talking about, and I don't, I don't know the order of release of these. He was talking about the visual environment. He's like, mm. if you're indoors, your visual environment is say six, eight feet. And he was saying, roughly speaking, you can see a mile, like at a mile, you can tell that's a bear or that's, you know, you can spot things right. pretty good. He's like, so if you look at like six feet versus a mile, I think the math was like 0.04% of the universe fits right. in your six foot cubicle at work. And he said, to focus that close is a muscular contraction. So yeah. you are holding that position. He said, so he, he was talking about other things, but it, that strikes me as like, yeah, the other thing I'm doing when I'm here is like, I'm also racking my focus out, relaxing my right. eyes and like, oh, so I'm actually literally relaxing. And we all know that like doing yeah. things like yoga or, or like somatic therapy, this relaxes you. It calms the vagus nerve. It's parasympathetic. Absolutely. And, and it was just like, and all I, all you're literally doing is looking out that, that that's the treatment. Right. And, <laughs> right. like that one small example so um i'm sure the story i was telling about the guy who moved to the farm that that also is part of it like he spent all his day looking at the tree line yeah and kind of the one of the things that i think is really important about this is there's actually a few different strategies you can use to to um work with chronic pain and like one of them is you can take like this attempt at like a very scientific approach the problem with that is a it just takes a long long time to be ramped up to any reasonable degree of accuracy on any part of the research and the research is is already in such a narrow specialized field that you're likely missing a lot of the problem already so you can become an expert in like one domain and that's great but that one domain is unlikely to be um like if you just are picking marbles out of a bag it's unlikely to be the magical domain for you and it's also just a piece of the puzzle Another strategy is what I think of as like the basketball strategy. And this is like the way you get better at basketball is not double blind placebo controlled trials. It's <laughs> you look at the best basketball players and you try and mimic them. So that's another way. I think that way is in some sense already being done here at Art of Retreat because everyone's already a high level mover and they're getting to see a lot of other movers and people who are recovering from injuries. So that part's kind of baked in. And then the third option is a little bit of like chaos magic where you're just like, okay, I'm going to try and just throw myself into something radically different. And so the the way I like to think about this is like, yeah, just moving to a farm. That's like a really different <laughs> from this. Yeah. Was, he moved from like urban New Jersey to <laughs> right, you know, complete 180. And I actually recommend this to other people where it's like, if you are a person who is really into kind of like 
the, you know, in a completely non-derogatory way, like the hippie mystical side of things and everything you do involves someone like talking about your inner spirit or heart chakra, then like, I would really suggest going to a very scientific physical therapist. If you're someone who's like, I want to see the research before it's happened. Right. I want you to go to the person who is like talking in yeah. ways you don't understand at all. Find someone who's like back. doing yoga in <laughs> tongues, <laughs> right? you know? And part of that is just because it's not, it's not that I want you to do things that seem like uh, unreasonable or don't make sense. It's that in the act of being reasonable or making sense, you're constantly like making trade-offs and carving off slivers of the world, right? It's the way I see it, every single person I talk to, the decisions they make actually make sense from their perspective. And we have no idea what is outside of our perspective. So part of it is just, if you get a whole lot of new, the chance that you'll find something that works for you. Right? Yeah. And it may not be, it may not be the answer, but there's very likely some nuggets in there that you just had completely neglected. Weston, I've been doing most of the talking here and, and like asking questions and derailing you in the middle of things. Uh, is there anything else that you want to throw on, throw in or say or get to? Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing I, I would really like people to take home with is this sense of it is a journey and it's a rough journey, but it's one that in some sense you have to start to take complete ownership of. So rather than going to various sorts of healers or medical practitioners and expecting them to provide the answer, I think the answer is not in you in some sort of like mystical, cosmic, anything sort of way, but as much as you need to be the one who's like, okay, what did this offer me? And then move on. And and just, you need to be the one who's really kind of the master facilitator in a sense right. of your own journey because no one's going to do it for you. And the problem is that it, the journey is just simply more difficult than anything a 60 minute appointment is going to get you. Mm. And on top of that, I think it's also really important to just really acknowledge the burden that you're bearing and how rough it is and to ask for help um, and to just keep that focus in mind. And I think it is both neither hopeless, but it's generally something that's harder than almost anything people have gone through in the past. Well, thank you very much, Weston. Um, before I let you go, where can people get a hold of you if they want to hear more? Yeah. So, I mean, one way is is just simply uh, reaching out on on Facebook, Weston Edwards. Uh, another way is Twitter. Sometimes I'm, I'm active, sometimes I'm not. It kind of goes seasonally. <laughs> and uh, I'm there on uh, at a life of movement. Um, I kind of have two websites that are both in limbo at the moment. Uh, one of them is a lifeofmovement.com, which I think is actually going to be is going to be killed off, but that's still TBD. Um, and then the other one, which is not online right now, is westondaneedwards.com. And I think that's where there's going to be more um, articles in and uh, coaching and things the like that. Project. Yeah. Terrific. Well, thank you very much for sharing your obvious passion for helping people and forwarding the understanding. Um, and it's great talking to you. Great. Thanks so much for having me. My pleasure. This was one of 23 interviews from the 2019 North American Art of Retreat. To hear the rest, check out Art of Retreat on castbox.fm. You can find out more about the Art of Retreat at artofretreat.com. Thank you for listening.